to Luis. Thanks for yeah. being on the podcast. Yeah, you bet, Dan. It's great to be here. <laughs> yeah, so uh, a lot of things I want to dig into. I know I want sure. to learn how your path to Portland, but want to kind yeah. of start off about your TEDx talk. Sure. So this was in April. Um, you know, I think it really resonated with people. We were just chatting before this. 300,000 views just yeah. posted like a week and a half ago on YouTube. So um, I think the message is just, it's really hit off for people. So you know, what was the kind of motivation behind that? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a really simple idea, but I think it, you know, it, it is resonating with people. It's exciting to see, you know, the whole, um, platform or idea, you know, of Ted is ideas worth spreading. And mm-hmm. so it felt really great to have this really simple idea that I was really passionate about spreading and now having it out in the world and, you know, getting a chance to see that, um, it is getting, uh, viewed, you know, from people all over the world. So that's, that's really exciting. And, you know, the idea was really simple and, and I think, you know, as I've, um, progressed in my professional career have come up with a really clear purpose and it's this idea of uh, inspiring people to travel you know mm-hmm. with the uh, notion that the experiences that we have the context that we build through all these experiences um, ultimately you know make up who we are and I think you know in today's world empathy and context are are badly needed mm-hmm. uh, and travel is one of the most powerful ways to get that and so you know this idea as I started to think about um, what I would share on the TEDx stage was you know this call to action around getting people to invest in experiences instead of more stuff and you know really simple idea that uh, the only thing that we can buy you know that'll make us richer is, is travel uh, and a little bit of you know anti-consumerism you know which I'm as guilty of as anyone else you know it's it's incredible to how much we can accumulate stuff and, you know, asking, you know, well, why don't we travel? You know, what are those barriers, you know, real or imagined mm-hmm. that are keeping us from growing out and having these life-changing experiences, you know, these transformational experiences that um, I think, you know, from my, from, you know, from my own personal experiences, I look back are, you know, some of the most meaningful moments in my life. And that's both in, you know, the exploration and adventures that I've had, the people that I've shared them with, and, and ultimately, you know, the point I am now in my career, both personally and professionally, is aligning that, you know, in this, and I've really made it, you know, my life's work, so. And I mean, you called a couple, you called some stuff out during that talking, you know, the response people want to say is, I'm busy. Yeah. You know, we're all so busy. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of strange because some people say it's like a badge of honor. Right. And you, you kind of yeah, you know, no. point that out. So. You know, I think it's this idea of the glorification of busy, right? Yeah. That that if we're busy, we're important or validated or hustling or, mm-hmm. and I think it's, um, I think it's a problem. You know, I think it's a problem because I don't think busy translates to meaningful or necessarily productive or happy or fun. And you know, just in some regards, it's you know looking ourselves in the mirror and saying, you know what am I, you know, I'm certainly making a living, but am I designing a life? And what are the parts of those, what are the parts that really, that really matter? Right. And I think, yeah, travel is, I think an opportunity to step away from that and create the space to, you know, to see and, and, and to experience, you know, things differently. Yeah. And you mentioned like life design. I love that term. And Portland is an interesting city because I feel that's a little bit of an ethos here. Yeah. So I want to step back and, you know, your path to Portland, I know you grew up in Mexico city and want to learn about this, like wanderlust you got and how that started. So can you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah. You know, I mean, I left Mexico city when I was five um, and I grew up in San Diego and 
I have vivid memories. In fact, I talk about it in, in, in my TED talk, which is just really wanting to see the world and just kind of knowing in my in my bones that you know exploration, discovery, adventure are these essential elements of being alive. And you know, as soon as I had the first opportunity, I, I kind of you know started to to have these experiences. And, and once I did, there was kind of no turning back. So early on in my twenties, I became a, an adventure travel guide, which was you know just this unbelievable kind of people are going to pay me to travel mm-hmm. like mind blown right mm-hmm. and uh you know pretty early on i knew i'd found you know my you know my life's my life's path and so it just took me on these this great journey i met my wife in a campground mm-hmm. um you know and i think i also felt like i there's definitely in my 20s and you know even even now i feel like you know this sort of fun first mentality because i think if you're having fun then you know the potential of doing many great things are, are there and um you know I, I i started to kind of evolve within the industry from you know being a guide to a guide trainer to developing the actual trips themselves mm-hmm. to you know marketing and sales and general management and i got to work with you know better bigger and sort of better companies and in different ways so i worked with a, a company called backroads it's a luxury travel company i worked with the walt disney company and helped them start adventures by disney which is their mm-hmm. their uh, family adventure travel product um then i ended up going to rei you right. know, and helping run that business uh and that led me to portland you know i think Probably the uh, a pit of pivotal moment um, in my career was I had stepped out of adventure travel for a few years, wanting to have some outside industry experience. Uh, but uh, when my wife was pregnant with our twins, um, you know, I did some soul searching and knowing how important it was for me to uh, have a life that at least a few times a year I was going to go and you know to some right. of the world's most extraordinary places and and just also this recognition of what an important part of my story and who I am that is and so that's when I ended up going back to REI mm-hmm. you know and uh, and that brought me to the Pacific Northwest yeah. and then it was this opportunity to work uh, with the climb who at the time was you know a incredibly um, high growth startup yeah uh, and uh, and so we came down here and we fell in love with Portland that was almost five years ago oh wow five years and that cl- I mean so you kind of rose you started marketing there but you ended up being the president of the, the company yeah no so I came um, I came uh, to be a part of the executive team okay. and to help, and to basically build and scale the travel business so that was my charter and then you know over the course of a few years um, I ended up wearing you know lots of different mm-hmm. hats and, and at the end I was essentially running the climb but we were acquired so my official title was I was the chief brand officer and president of travel for all of the family of brands. And then I was the head of the Portland office in the climbs. So. Got it. So mm-hmm. since you've been in Portland, um, you know, the business climate here is a little, I, I would say, interesting. You know, mm-hmm. you have these big, few big companies. You have probably a handful of mid-sized companies. And then there's this growing kind of startup and, yeah. and investment scene here. So. I feel like it's pretty intimate, you know, town as far as yeah. the business climate goes. But you know, what's your thoughts on that and just the culture too? Is yeah. it a better place to kind of start a company? I, I think it certainly is. You know, I think it's um, I think it's a small town, mm-hmm. but it's you know, but it's sort of big enough to have an ecosystem and right. And I think it's also very in the spirit. It's very collaborative. You know, I have found, mm-hmm. in, you know, regardless of what you want to do, there is a support network there to do it. Mm-hmm. And because it's small, I think you're, you know, one degree or two degrees of separation from almost anybody in town. Um, you know, in the last couple of years, I've made more of an effort to build my, my, you know, my business community here. And mm-hmm. I've, it's been, you know, it's been, um, 
uh, you know, really productive, I guess, for lack of a better yeah. word. Just people are, are generally very happy to pick up the phone, to go out to lunch, to say, hey, you need to meet this person. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it's been great. You know, I joined YPO about a year and a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. two years ago, and, and that's been a wonderful community to be a part of. There's actually two chapters here in, oh, wow. in okay. Portland, um, and that's a wonderful community. And, you know, there's these places where I think you can meet, you know, meet a lot of this. I think what you've done, you know, with the PDX marketing uh, forum, I think, is another great example of just convening, mm-hmm. you know, thought leaders, influencers, you know, across a, a field or a segment and, and the participation there. And I think, you know, you get that, that feeling, the Oregon Angel Network, the OEN. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many of these, there is. Yeah. of these, you know, kind of um, groups that, that you can be a part of. Yeah. What I love about it too is in other cities, I mean, I've done a lot of business around the country and Portland in general seems really non-competitive. Mm-hmm. Even if you have a competitor, it's more of a colleague. Yeah. Experience that more here than other places, yeah. um, which I love because that's the way I view business. And, um, you know, I hope that stays because yeah. Portland is changing. Sure. Um, and I, I already kind of feels the sense of yeah. the hustle coming, you know, yeah. the do, 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 and that's good. But there's always been this thing in Portland where it's a little, like you said, the life design and that's yeah. always been part of it. So, yeah. No, I, I agree with that. And, yeah. and, you know, I think that there's, I'm, I'm a believer of, you know, I think it's Gandhi says, you know, be the change you want to see in the yeah. world, right? So I think like what you do, you're doing in convening the group of marketing leaders, you know, I think we have the opportunity to have a voice in that mm-hmm. um, and not feel like it's just, you know, running away from us. And, you know, change is inevitable, right? I think yeah. you're getting, you know, the exodus of, of California you yeah. know, that are looking for yeah. a better life, right? Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. A, a life where they can, yeah. you know, make a living and afford a home and, yeah. you know, all of these things. And then I think, you know, as, as the creative class, you know, has grown here. It's just more desirable places. You know, it's mm-hmm. not a coincidence. I think that, you know, Airbnb and Uber and Google, and I mean, all of them are opening offices right. here, um, you know, to be, because it's, I think a desirable place to live. I think, you know, I think there's certainly, um, I think, I think my point of view is have some skin in the game and, you know, try to, try to be a force for good or for what you want to see in the city. Yeah. Um, huh. and you know, and I think that's part of what makes Portland great is people, you know, do, mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, Hey, let's stand back and watch it happen. It's like, all right, well, how are we going to help drive this conversation? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. We're, so the last podcast I had, was uh, Jennifer Davis. She's CMO of a company called Planner. Yeah. And we talked about work life balance yeah. and she kind of mentioned, she had a great perspective on it, but I know you have, you said three kids. Under I five. do. Yeah. <laughs> five and under. I have yeah. twin, uh, yeah. five and a half year old girls. And yeah. The, and a little dude that's three and a half. Yeah. So, yeah. so as an executive and someone, yeah. you, um, your career and, you know, not necessarily specifically yeah. important, but just how do you kind of manage that? Because I think that's some, you know, yeah. folks at your level. It's I don't know. Challenge. I mean, I think that, you know, this idea of balance is a little bit of a myth. You know, yeah. I think that, you know, um, I think it's choices that we make. And, and I think there's there's no wrong or right, but mm-hmm. I think it's this idea of just owning the choice. And I've owned, you know, having a busy job and having mm-hmm. a family. And I think, if anything, it's just the collaborative nature between the partnership that you build and the mm-hmm. community that you build that allows you to, to have um, more than balanced time to recharge and re-energize. Right. You know, the times that I feel you know, claustrophobic is when I don't have the opportunity to re-energize. And those things can be, 
you know, something really simple. Like, you know, my wife and I have date night every Thursday night Mm -hmm. and it's just once a week. Yeah. But we have found that it's so much easier to cancel than to say, Hey, we really need to get out. Right. So every Thursday night we go out and that gives us the opportunity to not have to put the three kids to bed. And, you know, sometimes we literally just sit and stare at each other because we're both tired, but you know, it's become a ritual, you know, once, uh, once a month, once every, at least once every other month, we, you know, we do an overnight just to have that opportunity to to have more than, you know, have 24 hours together without having to deal with the kids. So, you know, things like that, that I think, um, it's not that, you know, when I'm at home, I don't feel balanced. I have, you know, three kids, you know, if they're awake, (laughs) there's somebody needs something, you know, and, and then I think the pace of, of life is only increasing, um, driven by, you know, what has become just, the demands of being a modern day business person. Yeah. You know, I I think technology drives a lot of that. If you think about, you know, how many channels are we, are we answering to, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, Jennifer had the same sentiment. It's this myth of balance and it's really about making, making the time. Yeah. That's exactly it. Right. And saying, you know, these are the things that I'm going to prioritize and almost like Mm non-negotiables, you know? Um, and, uh, and I think that that's, and, and also, you know, for me, I have over the last couple of years have really gotten out of shape, and that's really, you know, mm-hmm. I've really felt that. But I think where I am with it now is this is just a chapter of my life where I sort of stack rank things, and wrong or right, I put my my fitness at the bottom because mm-hmm. I was choosing, you know, work and I was choosing family time over, you know, time on my bike or the gym. And I think being okay with that and knowing that it's just a moment in time, right. and then ultimately also making the decision, hey, I'm not happy. So let's look at this, you know, and just, I think, you know, kind of constantly evaluating that. But, and this is not to say some people can't have it all, Mm -hmm. but, you know, certainly from my perspective, I knew that if something had to give and then, and then being, being good, kind to, kind to me and being like, Hey, this is just what it is right now. Yeah. Okay with that. Treat yourself, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Well, I mean that the fitness thing is something I've kind of struggled with too. I used to be a big runner and I'm trying to get back into it and it it ebbs and flows. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Sure. But Portland's a great town to, it is surrounded by that. So exactly. If you ever want to run, let me know. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. um, So I know you left the climb and I don't want you to share too much, but but maybe just more about some of the things you're interested in helping, you know, companies with, or where's your thought process right now? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I felt like, um, you know, I had a, a great tenure there, mm-hmm. uh, but I felt I wanted to create the space to, to kind of figure out what's next, and I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, being being uh, um, you know being fully employed, right? Yeah. That's just it's it was a big job and really busy, and I really enjoyed it. And so, you know, right now I feel like uh, it, I've also just this. I think this really simple insight that in many ways. Um, the marketplace has changed. I think this idea that you have to have one full-time job yeah. is not necessarily the case anymore. There's yeah. lots of opportunity, whether it be to help other people. You know, I'm uh, on the board of, of uh, several startups, which I really enjoy, and that's good. Right now I have more time um, mm-hmm. to, to do that. Uh, I'm on several boards of, of nonprofits. I really enjoy doing that. And, you know, ultimately, um, I think, you know, as a, as a professional, regardless of what level, it's just what the opportunity cost, right? And so I think what I'm doing right now is just trying to be thoughtful around what the next, around what next step is. And uh, without no intention of going and working full time yeah. for one, you know, sort of one company, but rather, you know, really take a look and say, you know, these are, this, these are the projects I really want to work on. And then ultimately come out the other side with, you know, with say, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to build this, whatever yeah. that may be. Well, it's interesting. I, I love 
about like I read this other day, like this the project based economy. And yeah. so I went to business school, and it's funny. I just also read about this Harvard professor yeah. who's telling her MBA students, "Don't get a, go get a job. Yeah. Learn how to like sustain yourself and do you know projects." And so for like a, a entrenched, established, old school you know business uh, school like Harvard to be doing that. Yeah. And so I, I feel the same way. So you know. I don't know what your thought, if you're an executive at a certain role, sure. and you know that, you know, cause you're hiring people yeah. and that's changing, especially important with the creative kind of um, talent that's here and how they're working. How do you embrace that if you're in a corporation? Yeah. I mean, I think one is, you know, the power of your network, right? Yeah. I mean, I, it's fun. It's like fundamental, you know, a first principle of humanity right? <laughs> is like relationships and, you know, as, as, and that's something that I think will never change. And I, I'm such a, a believer in that the most successful people are the ones that have established, you know, the most meaningful relationships and networks. Yeah. And, you know, I'm such a believer in building those relationships, not when you need anything, but really in the spirit of, you know, generosity and, and goodwill and, and of sharing of talent and wisdom and insight. And I think over time, those networks turn into op- real opportunities, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and I think if you have those networks, then, you know, your choices are, can be, you know, can be really broad. Mm-hmm. And I think because of this, I really like this idea of, of kind of project, you know, project-based economy. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's so true. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's a lot to be said for having a full-time job and a regular paycheck, you know, and that's the pragmatism of, you know, having, being a single earner with a family of five and right. all of that. But at the same time, if you're willing to, you know, kind of take the step, there's, there's ways to have, again, designing a life to where you can have much more flexible schedule, much more freedom, take on projects that you're really interested in that you feel you can really add value to. Um, and I think, you know, the ROI and the economics of it too. I mean, obviously at that point you're always, you know, hustling mm-hmm. to make sure that you have a pipeline of work mm-hmm. and that's not, you know, that's, I'm not, I'm not contemplating, you know, essentially, you know, being a full-time consultant, but, but that, that is out there without a doubt. And so I think, you know, I think what, what I have found is it's really important to just create the space to, to say, okay, these are all the things that are possible. And I think a lot of times, you know, just from, we just, you know, we're in it, you know, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. it's, and it's, as an executive yeah. too, you know, it's, yeah. it's like, okay, it's not that easy to, to think, um, you know, to have, um, to be able to see that um, yeah. when you're, you're in a big job and, you know, a couple of you, you know, yeah, it's a lot. And you're you know, creating that room to breathe and, mm-hmm. you know, as a leader, when you look at, you know, folks maybe on your team, mm-hmm. if you're in a company and you, you know, that's how they're thinking, mm-hmm. creating that space for people on your team. Totally. Uh, I know that's probably a challenge for everybody, mm-hmm. um, especially when I've never had a job longer in two and a half years. Wow. Yeah. And that's just, yeah. you know, and I think. I'm usually uh, about a three year guy. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So knowing that and mm-hmm. you're developing just, you know, developing people. Yeah. Um, and what was your approach to that when you were had teams? And I know you, you know I, I'm a believer in um, in offsites and yeah. just creating the space to you know have you know we're all going to work in the business all of the time, but this opportunity to work on the business and regardless of 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 you know of what level you have. So if you know if you have a team of of directors, how are you ensuring that you're creating the space for them to you know to um, be able to, you know, build the muscles that are outside of the day to day, whether it be strategic planning, whether it be, you know, kind of innovation, whether it be, you know, the relationship building and, and, and the type of, 
you know, it's amazing. I've been amazed, continue to be amazed at what can happen when you take people away for a full day, a full two days, and how the tenor of the conversation changes, the relationships that yeah. you know that are built, and ultimately, how do you you know bring that back and make it part you know sort of thread that through everything that you do. So, you know, there's I think there's simple ways that. Mm-hmm. Um, that you can create the space for your team teams to to develop that muscle, mm-hmm. but I think if you don't do it intentionally, then you know it's hard to come up for air to do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I think being you know being participatory in the development of your team, meaning that you know it's it's not it's not me, it's not you, it's us, it's both of our responsibility, and be really intentional. Well, what do you want to accomplish you right. know, over the next twelve months? You know. What are the skills that you want to develop? And having really open conversations, knowing that the average tenure is going to be two or three years, mm-hmm. why not embrace that? Right? Yeah. <laughs> why not yeah. embrace that and say, hey, let's have an open conversation of where do you see your next step and how can we help you know, your, your time here to give you the best set of choices when it's time for you to go? You know, and I think you know, paradoxically, I think that actually increases you know, retention. Yeah. But you know, I've always been a big believer of like, look, let's have open conversations. This, you know, this isn't the army where you have to serve seven years and if you defect you're, you know like let's be honest like you're an incredibly talented person you know you've yeah. got lots of choices let's just talk about those let me be your supporter um you know and obviously there's a balance of balance yeah. you want you know you want to retain your, your top talent but i actually think that that is a really effective way of doing it. It almost diffuses this thing. And, and you're thinking about like the whole person much beyond like, okay, you know, as an employee. And, yeah. and I think that, yeah, I think that's some of the ways that things have changed and in and, and the way people, you know, I think um, want to be managed. I love that ethos. And I mean, it's, I know in like the Silicon Valley, that's, they have these, like a lot of companies have alumni networks and we're seeing it up here too, but um, embracing that kind of attitude, I think is, it's good for the brand too, right? Totally. um, Totally. You know, that old school mentality is, it's just, it doesn't work anymore. Mm. um, So, you know, I want to ask real quick, where's your next big Adventure travel. Next an adventure. Yeah. So I just got back from Jordan a uh-huh. couple weeks ago. That was incredible. It was my first time in the Middle East. Wow. Amazing destination. Um, you know, they haven't encountered much. I mean, you know, the problems that you you know you, you correlate with the the Middle East. It was tremendous hospitality, astounding history, great food, like everything of that you know an extraordinary travel destination has. Um, uh, my next big trip, uh, you know, being a, a Portlander, uh, I want to try to enjoy the summer here. Yeah, so yeah, I try yeah. Not to do do too much, uh, but I have a busy uh, schedule in the fall. I have a, a trip to Italy planned, and wow. then I'm going to Argentina to Salta. Great. Uh, the Adventure Travel World Summit is an annual event, and it changes location every year. Mm-hmm. And it's a you know it's a wonderful event. Just under a thousand people from you know north of eighty countries come wow. together. You know to. Uh, you know, to be inspired and, and to share and to share knowledge and, and you know best practices and, and uh, it's a it's a great event and this is this year it's in Salta so I'm looking forward to that great and you're on the board right of that I am yeah, yeah. I am on the board of the Adventure Travel Trade Association yeah great organization so before we go I know in the TEDx talk you, you gave yeah. some tips for people sure. to travel right yeah. and getting back to this whole yeah. thing of, you know, people are busy and you, you, you had a great line. This is, yeah. you know, if you're trying to travel, but you have young kids, you're fucked. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. there's still opportunities to do totally. things like that. So, um, you know, what's some advice you can give to 
you know, parent just like me, I, you know, I have one yeah. two year old who's just like, I feel overwhelmed all the time, yeah. but I do, when I do these things, I feel refreshed and it's just, it's, it's just getting out there and doing it. Yeah. So. I mean, I think that's, that's it in a way, which is to just do it and yeah. to not overthink it, you know, and I have found that, you know, the, the, the challenging thing sometimes is the travel itself, you know, mm-hmm. the long plane ride or a long drive. But then, you know, once you're in the destination and you have enough time to get into the routine, you know, I, you know, of all of the things that I've seen, you know, and done um, over the course of my career working all over the world, some of the most uh, meaningful experiences have been, you know, being out with my kids and watching, you know, my three-year-old's eyes just you know, go widen when they see, you know, a manta ray jumping out of yeah. the water, you know, and just like the feeling of that makes it just all worthwhile. And so, you know, I, I think this idea that you're going on a vacation is probably not true. You're going on a trip sure. and it's going to be hard work. But I also think that the return on investment is just, you know, extraordinary. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, from my perspective, it's like the whole, why are you a parent if nothing else than to share these wonders with your children? And I think starting to, you know, seed these experiences at an early age and making it a part of not only their story, but your story as a family is just really beautiful. And the other piece is, you know, there's no, there's no judgment, right? If you're going to go to the other side of the world or you're going to go camping, you know, in the gorge, like, I think it doesn't matter, especially, you know, as, as the kids are younger, I think they just really value, um, the new experiences mm-hmm. and the, you know, and, um, I think we felt like, you know, with three now we do less than, than we did when we just had the two, mm-hmm. but every time we make the effort, like, we're just like, man, I, you know, we've got to do it. And so camping's a good example, you yeah. know, camping's a lot of work yeah. to, go with, to do with kids, right? Yeah. You don't, nobody gets much sleep. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. all of these things, <laughs> yeah. but you know, once the kids are in it, it's absolutely amazing to see what it does to, to their spirits and, and just the quality of time that you have away from all of the things, creature comforts that are, you yeah. know, I don't know at your house, but, you know, the TV's on too much, yeah. right? Yeah. It's too easy to be like, yeah, yeah. you know, we can actually talk because they're watching, t- you know, right. so all of that. So I would just encourage, um, you know, families to not overthink it, not to think about all of the things that you have to do or could go wrong, but just to go out. And I have, you know, s- in some of the world's most remote places I've seen parents with young children Mm -hmm. and just seeing those kids. I mean, it's beautiful, Mm -hmm. beautiful. And, um, just applaud parents. And, you know, you, once you do it, do it once or twice, it's just a confidence building thing. And, you know, the whole, whole thesis of my TED talk, which is invest in experiences and more stuff. Well, I'm taking my little one first time camping in a couple of weeks. I'm nice. pretty stoked about it. Yeah. But, uh, so I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, please do. Man. Please but, uh, do. Well, thanks so much for doing this, Elise. Oh, my gosh. It's such a pleasure, Dan. And thank you for you know convening the community the way you do. And, and for, yeah, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Great. Thanks. Thanks.